welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is seven minutes after 11. Jennifer Bukowski is with us, a uh, brilliant criminal defense attorney. Uh, and uh, we're talking about uh, the last uh, topic that we uh, we touched on was the president uh, meeting with a trans activist in the in the White House and having endorsed this, um, uh, as Roy calls it, uh, gender, uh, what did he call it, gender... Uh, denial surgery um and and it's something and and i talked about this with the about the news media jennifer because that's what they're calling it gender affirming instead of genital mutilation which is what it really is uh and you know most people in the news don't even want to talk about it they just do it Uh, yeah no one wants to appear hateful and we certainly shouldn't be like discriminating against people adults that you know, choose to identify as a different gender. In my opinion. why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I discriminate? What is the defi- What is the root word for discrimination? What does it mean? It's to you be discerning, be- right? Well, yeah. But so if I don't want to work, people, we shouldn't be holding that against them. We shouldn't be like firing them or. Why shouldn't I? Why should I not be able to fire them? If I don't want to work, maybe you shouldn't. But I'm just saying it might not be morally proper for you to do that. Maybe it would be. Maybe. Uh, if you're teaching like a Catholic kindergarten or something like that, maybe it would be appropriate. But yeah. in other cases, where are they taking tickets in a movie theater? Then who cares? You know, I That's care. I don't reason to fire them. I care. I think they have a mental problem. I don't want them working for me. Should I not have that right to say, no, I'm not hiring you or you're going to do what? And no, you're not going to work for me under those circumstances. Well, you know what? I don't want to get off topic, but a stronger argument for that is this Amendment 3 has employee protections for people who have patient marijuana cards to prevent you from firing them or not hiring them. And I really but you shouldn't have that. That idea. shouldn't exist. If I don't I want to hire that's somebody. That's going to exist during the Constitution if this Amendment 3 passes. If I don't want to hire somebody that smokes pot, I should have the right to do that. If I don't want to well, hire somebody that's... Then. Huh? Vote no on three. Yeah, if I don't want to hire somebody that smokes cigarettes, and I've seen the state go out and, and, and promote this kind of thing, then I should have the right uh, to, to deny uh, anybody at any time employment. Uh, if I don't want to work with them, I should be able to, as an employer, make that choice without government yeah. involvement. I agree with you there. Well, of course Pretty you much. I agree with you, but... I'm saying there's a difference between, you know, adults making this decision to all of a sudden dress a certain different way or get these, you know, hormone treatments or these surgeries to switch their body parts around. Whatever. People yeah, adults have the right to do that. They have the but right it's, to... It's child abuse to let these parents, let their kids get these puberty blockers that could have permanent effects. Well, and well, to the, get these surgeries that could mutilate them, I think that that's child abuse. Well, the schools are telling these these parents, uh, you've got to let them do this uh, or they'll commit suicide. Based on a faulty study about transsexuals. And the parents, and you can imagine as a parent. Like, I, yeah, I think that's so interesting, the suicide argument, because you're saying... Okay, so you want to talk these kids into saying that they do have this gender dysphoria thing that will make them very suicidal instead of exploring further whether they really do have 
this condition that will make them more at risk for suicide? Because yeah, kids are confused. Kids don't know what's going on, especially like gay kids. They're going to be confused, right? So they could be more susceptible to be pushed in a certain direction into saying, yeah, I do have this gender dysphoria. Well, why would you do that to children when that could put them at such a higher risk of suicide instead of slowing things down? And why, putting them on puberty blockers, that could like giving them treatments that could make them infertile and unable to bear children or have children in the future. It's just insane. It's really, it's really quite something. And it is. The president of the United States say something as stupid as it's wrong to have for states to have any kind of interest in protecting kids from this kind of stuff. He's just totally lost it. What? Uh, let me ask Brian a question. Brian, uh, several years ago, the city of Columbia, did they not pass some kind of a law, uh, refresh my memory if you can, saying that uh, psychiatrists... Yes, they did. Can't you cannot uh, have a discussion oh, yeah. with a doctor about uh, the getting? Oh, how how do they word it? I'll have to look it up for specific wording of what. But no, they didn't want you to have a it's conversation like about sexual conversion therapy. Is that what you're talking about? No, this no, was, was transgender. Trans uh, transgender. Yeah. In other words, if a person felt like they were like an opposite sex, you couldn't have a discussion in the city about, um, you know, perhaps gender dysphoria. It was, like, very strange. I remember Mike Trapp coming on talking about it. And trying to defend it. Um, yeah, I mean, this stuff is, uh, this nonsense is really, really ubiquitous. And if we can't get the news media to tell the truth about it, to call it what it is, instead of what the left wants it to be called, then this sort of thing will just build until it passes, until it's accepted. And that's going to result in a lot of mutilated young children. Oh, yeah, they, they have lumped conversion therapy laws. They have looked to include, I don't know about Columbia, but they have looked to include banning therapists from trying to talk people out of yes maybe not having gender dysphoria like they used to have you know conversion therapy for homosexuals which was kind of dubious and shady and suspect in my opinion but now they're lumping this transsexual stuff in with it and i mean we have had people that felt that they were a woman or felt that they were a man when they were born the opposite gender since probably the beginning of time but lately, it's been kind of uh, mass hysteria and so much more popular, especially under, like, the middle school crowd and everything else, that it's worrisome that a lot of people are just kind of going with uh, the next new thing because victimology is, you know, the new cool kid to be is how many intersectionality boxes can you tick uh, that it's concerning. And the it's problem. concerning that therapists are having to worry about not being allowed to explore whether you really aren't suffering from this and what's really going on. And the real problem with this being the, the next new thing is that it's very often irreversible. You know, if, yeah. if there's a, a fad that's, uh, that's well, dislikable or whatever... Uh, if it's if it's reversible, that's tolerable. 
and say, well, that's yeah, crazy, but, but you'll grow out of it. But in this case, when you grow out of it, you're, you, yeah, you're, you can be unable to have children, unable to have an orgasm. Like, there's all kinds of effects from this going all forward. Right. And right. who we, knows if, if these puberty blockers are going to stop, you know, people born male from growing as tall, you know, being as strong. Uh, it's, it's really worrisome. All right. Up against the clock. Got to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Clarence Thomas uh, and Senator Lindsey Graham. I'm not sure that I understand how that happened, but I'll get uh, into the story with Jennifer next on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 1119. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. By the way, we're talking about the uh, Oz Fetterman debate tonight. It's being uh, the moderators uh, from a TV station, WHTM, uh, news anchor Dennis Owens and uh, WPXI TV. Uh, from Pittsburgh's uh, Lisa Sylvester, so it's uh, it's not a, uh, a you know it's not going to be a conservative talk show host. It's going to be a couple of uh, TV uh, news people. Uh, I know there were some questions about that, and I thought I would get that out while I had the uh, answer at hand. In the meantime, Jennifer Bukowski is with us, uh, criminal defense attorney uh, extraordinaire, and uh, Clarence Thomas managed to protect Lindsey Graham, at least temporarily, from a subpoena from the House on the, uh, the, the uh, January 6th. It, what, how, did, how, does, how do they figure that he can't testify? Well, the Justice Clarence Thomas yesterday temporarily blocked a Georgia grand jury from compelling Republican Senator Lindsey Graham to testify in its probe of efforts to subvert President Biden's 2020 election victory in the state uh, because uh, Clarence Thomas found that he was protected by his uh, privilege for uh, speech and debate as a senator and that he was perhaps making those phone calls in his capacity as a senator, as the chair of the Judiciary Committee, and um as a senator tasked with certifying the 2020 presidential election, so he can't be hauled into this grand jury in a state proceeding, some criminal proceeding, basically, um, that's investigating um, alleged maybe misconduct or whatever uh, the case may be with regard to the 2020 Georgia election. So the lower courts have said that he doesn't have blanket, that Senator Graham doesn't have blanket immunity from cooperating with the grand jury that he could have to object to specific questions. But for now, uh, Clarence Thomas disagreed and said that he doesn't have to go and be hauled before this grand jury to testify. And so you'd need now uh, to reverse that. You'd need uh, the majority of justices to um, put that back into place before they hear that issue on its merit. So uh, you wouldn't call that on bunk, but you, or would you? Uh because this was the Supreme Court justice that said, nah, we're, we're, we're protecting him. Yeah, and they're always in bonk. I mean, so we don't really talk about them in bonk because that's well, how they hear everything. Like the appellate court, they have, you know, a panel of three yeah. like ele- out of the 11 or out of the 15 or whatever, depending on which circuit that will hear things. And then you can. Uh, so the uh, state has to appeal to the Supreme Court. Uh, 
to get at large them. to get them to rec- well the, they, yeah so it's interesting so basically this will slow that down I think um, do you think do you think Clarence Thomas is correct you know honestly Gary and I know in media you're never supposed to say this but I don't know I haven't read the briefs I haven't researched this particular issue I just thought it was an interesting topic that this is still going on, that you have a prosecutor in Fulton County, Georgia, that's still looking at this from a criminal lens to see if any charges should be filed over phone calls that were had when they were doing all the counting. You know, it took them like a friggin' month to come up with their tallies in Fulton County, Georgia, if you'll recall that. Um, There were a lot of phone calls being made, and they're looking into whether anything was criminal. I mean, I don't disagree with Clarence Thomas on the just off the cuff that a United States senator should, maybe shouldn't have to be called in for that and question about it but uh, I haven't done any research on this particular constitutional provision <laughs> I forgot about it actually I, I totally forgot about it but it's not something that really crosses my desk too often yeah I don't think it crosses anybody's desk too often so I am yeah. not surprised by that the Fetterman-Oz debate uh, that I talked about a few minutes ago, explaining who the moderators are going to be, only one debate. It's tonight. Are you going to watch? Oh, yeah. I oh, can't yeah. wait to watch this. I think it's going to be the most watched, you know, midterm debate by far in the country. He's going to have some sort of teleprompter, and they're already trying to manage expectations on this by saying yeah. this isn't really John's forte. This isn't a strong area because I think they know he's going to do abysmally. The problem is voters have been voting in Pennsylvania since early September, you know, so they might see that he is not up for the job, but it's too late because they already cast their ballot for him. That's why he picked the late date. Yes, exactly why they picked the late date. Because the Democrats... They were he'd be recovered more from the stroke by then, and also so that they get more votes in the ballot box for him before he, like, maybe maybe he'll pull it off. But from what I've seen him on the stump lately, I don't see him being a very good debater tonight. Now, I'm looking forward to see how Oz is, because I haven't seen as much from him, like videos of him speaking, um in my feeds and in my socials and on my news feeds. So I'm looking forward to seeing how those two go at it because those two hate each other. They've been, it's been a really ugly, vicious campaign against each other. There's been personal attacks all over the place. Um, They just obviously detest each other. Fetterman's obsessed with us using the word crudite instead of vegetable veggie tray you know he's completely obsessed about that about his 20 houses uh oz has made comments over fetterman's health and said if he had ever eaten a vegetable maybe he wouldn't be in the position that he's in so it's gotten pretty nasty over there in your state of pennsylvania well you're ohio then you're ohio my wife is pennsylvania your wife is pennsylvania my mom's pennsylvania so don't think i fascinating state politically if he'd had more vegetables he wouldn't be one um, let me. Uh, <laughs> that's what basically I said. Let me, oh uh, man! Let the me go serves, to the... though. They're saying. Oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to get Rick on the line because he wants to make a comment on the Fetterman debate. Uh, Rick, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Grand. You doing well? Thank you. 
isn't it nice that both in Georgia and in Pennsylvania, we can have least expectations for both sides of the political aisle? Yeah, isn't that bad? It's balanced, and that's what's good. Well, or not good. All right. Thanks, Rick. That was one interesting thing about watching the Ohio one with J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan, I think his name is. Yeah. It was two guys on the top of their game, and then you see Biden doesn't know how to walk off a stage or where he's at. He's eating ice cream. Like, it's just kind of puzzling how, you know, Biden's where he's at when we obviously have other people that could be handling it and good people from both sides that can at least do a debate in an impressive manner. Final final topic is uh, frustrated with pollsters. Pollsters are too. Yeah, that's been a big problem, Gary. Like, this might be their last guess. Everyone wants to know, well, who's winning in these elections? Well, it's getting harder and harder for pollsters to suss that out because a number of factors, people don't have the landline, so the most, like, uh, reli- formerly reliable thing of just randomly dialed phone numbers to ask voters, that no longer works because most people don't have landlines. And then other forms might skew one way or the other with like online forums are going to skew towards like younger uh, voters, more urban voters. They also have an issue with Trump voters not participating in polls, not trusting them. So there's a whole bunch of reasons that the polls keep getting it wrong. Yeah, I think they undersample Republicans, oversample Democrats. Uh, I still get calls from politicians and pollsters about political races in Northeast Ohio uh, because I still have a uh, an Ohio area code. So it is challenging to say the least, and I don't know how they uh, how they resolve this. Right, and they ask so many questions that you know. One time I was answering a poll, and my husband's like, "Who are you talking to?" You know, like you're giving out all this information i think a lot of people are mistrustful of doing that anymore yeah i I think a lot of uh trump fans uh don't want to give that information out because you know they get ridiculed they get attacked uh on the left they don't know who they're talking to for sure Uh, and i think they the pollsters themselves are even kind of at their wit's end of how to move forward with this polling because it costs a lot of money for these polls, and are people going to want to keep paying that money if they can't get it right? Trafalgar is one of the ones that has been more reliable. And interestingly, Trafalgar has a new poll showing Walker in Georgia up by two. But if you look at just the real clear politics average, you can see, like, Ted Cruz, all these guys going around saying that we're going to win 53 seats. Well, in order for us to do that, we would have to win three seats that right now the real clear politics show us losing, which would be Arizona, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. But they must be uh, like one pollster in that New York Times article I sent you, just going ahead and add three or four points to whatever the polls are to the Republicans. <laughs> well, I believe the Republicans are going to win. Uh, I think it's going to be at least 51, maybe 52. Uh, and it's I think be 53. the. Re- well, they've got the we wind at their back. It. Yeah. Uh, and uh, speaking of back, my back's up against the clock, so i got to let you go. Well, enjoy the debate tonight, and thanks, as always, for having me Oh, on. yeah. You and I are going to be texting back and forth tonight. Definitely. All right, Jennifer, <laughs> All thank right, you. Thanks, Gary. We'll take your calls next. It's the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.
It's 11.35. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, can we play that audio later? Yes, we can. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. All right. Let me get some phone calls in. Uh, 874-9390. Toll-free number is 800-529-5572. And uh, Brian has also highlighted a hydrogen-powered car. Um, and there's a new process for extracting hydrogen from water. We'll talk about that uh, because uh, we're... Yeah, well, I guess we're out a little bit over our skis on that. I, neither one of us is a scientist. A little bit? <laughs> yeah, just a titch. No, not far. Uh, let me get Art on the line first. Art, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Doing well, sir. Thank you. Listen, I had a question about this Fetterman thing. Yeah. This candidate. Let's say he got, does get elected and he goes off to the Senate, right? Yeah. How's he going to operate? He can't communicate, and communication is a big thing with politicians. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, if, I mean, he, if he wants to comment on a piece of legislation, uh, and I pointed this out earlier in the program, somebody else says point of order, uh, and they and they want to make a comment, Fetterman can't understand them. No, he's going to have to. They're going to have to hold up and type it out, or whatever they're going to do, and that's going to slow down government. And government is slow enough as it is. Well, maybe it's not slow enough, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that may be. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you know what? A lo- what a brilliant idea. What if they had to type everything that that they said and did? Oh, that would be marvelous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would, and then yeah. have to read it back. Yeah, that'd slow them down. All right, Art. Yeah. Thanks. Well, they don't pass any. They don't pass, They haven't passed any good good legislation in years. So. Yeah, that's true. All right. Thanks, Art, for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. 874-9390-800-529-5572. What is this aging donkey? Uh, Yeah, I guess the uh, Florida governor debate was last night. Yeah. Uh, Ron DeSantis and uh, Charlie Crist were uh, in a fiery exchange, and I played a little bit of it. I didn't hear all of it, but I heard the first uh, minute or so, and oh, it was a thing of beauty. You want me to play it? Yeah. All right, here we go. Ron, you talk about Joe Biden a lot. I understand. You think you're going to be running against him. I can see how you might get confused. But you're running for governor. You're running for governor. And I have a question for you. You're running for governor. Why don't you look in the eyes of the people of the state of Florida and say to them, if you're reelected, you will serve a full four-year term as governor. Yes or no? Yes or no, Ron? Will you serve a full four-year term if you're re-elected governor of Florida? It's not a tough question. It's a fair question. He won't tell you. We did not agree on the candidates asking each other questions. Governor, it's your turn. Well, listen, I know that Charlie's interested in talking about 2024 and Joe Biden, but I just want to make things very, very clear. The only worn-out old donkey I'm looking to put out to pasture is Charlie Chris. Wow. Wow. You want to talk, talk about standing up for taxpayers. Uh, when Charlie Chris was governor, he ran saying he would not raise taxes. He became governor, and he signed off on the largest increase in taxes and fees in the history of the state of Florida. That's time, we governor. just enacted the largest decrease in taxes in the history of Florida. Thank you, Governor. 9,000 teachers wow. and staff have left. That I don't is... know if you want any more or not. There's well, you know what? The, the Ohio debate was good, too, uh, with J.D. Vance. 
Oh yes, uh-huh. that was another one. They were, you know, they were on the. As uh, Jennifer pointed out, they were at the top of their game. Uh, it was uh, exciting to watch the, the Fetterman exchange. They're not at the top of their game, um, and it's going to be exciting, even more exciting to watch, uh, because I want to see how Fetterman can respond under pressure. And I don't. I, my expectations are that he will do dismally. You know, when he starts uh, making comments that are completely disassociated with the conversation, I think there are a lot of Democrats who are not going to be anxious to just come out and vote at all. I, I understand why he didn't want to do a debate. Under the circumstances, who can blame him? All he can do is, frankly, embarrass himself. But what they've succeeded in doing is that low expectations thing. And, you know, if he just does fair, if he's doing better after all these months of uh, 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 speech therapy, and he just holds his own, doesn't even win, just doesn't do terribly. They can declare him the winner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, under the circumstances, uh, he didn't do too badly. Uh, I would say uh, Fetterman won. The, that's how they'll do it. And I wouldn't put it past the media to do that. Um, I, I think, though, that I have more more faith in voters than that. I think even Democrat voters, no matter how much spin is put on it by the media and by the Democrats, I think Democrat voters are going to be so disheartened at what they see and hear that they just won't come out and vote. They may not come out and vote for Oz, but they aren't going to come out and vote. And I think that's what you're going to see. Uh, Oz had his best shot up until tonight because he had all those mail-in votes which traditionally lean in his direction. And that's where he's getting the bulk. Of, I think he'll, he'll get the bulk of his support. But after that, after this debate, I expect it uh, literally to disappear. I expect it to wane uh, and do so very quickly. All right, we got some breaking news here on a new liberal uh, social media site called Tribal. Have you ever heard of it? T-R-I-B-E-L. Uh, Libs of TikTok just signed up for the site, and they post, men cannot get pregnant. And, uh, yeah, they were kicked in uh, 15 minutes. That's uh, breaking news? That's a surprise? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, no, I just thought you'd like to hear that, you know, that's where we are today in our social media. If you post a fact, then you're out of here. Yeah, if they don't like the fact, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. I get, by the way, I don't know if you heard this or not. I got a, a frantic phone call yesterday when I got off the air from my cousin in Cleveland. And he said, did you hear Clint Eastwood died? And I said, no, I, I didn't hear anything about this. I mean, and I've been on the air and checking the news constantly. I never heard that that should have been breaking news. Yeah, he got in an automobile. He was convinced. So I went and did some homework right away, and I didn't see anything. So I sent him a message. I said, uh, no, it's, a, it, it's not true. He's, he's, he didn't die. And then he sends me a, 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 a thing. Go look on YouTube. He's dead. Well, it turns out that it's a it was a hoax. And it's like the second or third time they've done this to Eastwood. 
Uh, and I don't know what possesses people to do this sort of thing. Um, but boy, I'm telling you, it, it, it was he was my cousin was in a dither. He he was convinced that Eastwood had died. Now, had you heard anything about that? No, Brian? nothing at all. I remember when you killed Dean Martin, or no. No, I it, didn't. Uh, no, no, that was Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke, that's right, thank but you. But I brought him back to life. <laughs> yes, you did. In I, four minutes, I mean, you resurrected yeah. him just like that. It is the power, <laughs> I'm telling you, when I say a radio god, now you know what I mean. <laughs> god, for those of funny. you, For those of you who don't know, uh, I, I can't remember all the context of the story, but uh, we were talking about uh, uh, celebrities that had passed away, and I'd seen a brief on on Dick Van Dyke, and I thought that it said he died, and I included that in my list of celebrities. Well, it turns out he didn't die. Uh, he's a gazillion years old, and he's still, you know, alive and kicking. So then I had to come back out and and retract that and bring him back to life. And Brian, of course. Because he's a compassionate friend of mine uh, who has been working with me uh, almost uh, 15 years, decided that he would not let that slip go unnoticed. That's right. And I do have the recording of that special day. Uh, oh boy oh let me eat a little crow uh, listen I've got good news for the Van Dyke <laughs> you you did want the breaking news founder didn't you because you killed somebody earlier <laughs> it wasn't dead so I thought it would be only fair to use the breaking news sounder to bring him back <laughs> While you're at it, can you bring back Prince William, too? No. Good news for the Van Dyke family. He's still alive. No one is perfect. I, I'll that be the first fun. to admit. That was fun. All right, we're up against the clock. We've got to take a quick break. We're going to come back and wrap it up uh, because uh, we've got uh, Glenn Beck waiting here. Sean Hannity is going to be out. Randy Tobler. And, of course, tomorrow morning, Brandon Rathard. It's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. I just saw a headline that I, I almost, I, I don't even want to read the story. Doctor pulls cocaine out of his uh, male appendage, accidentally killing his girlfriend. What? Yeah, I read that uh, yesterday. Yikes. Yeah. All right. Uh, so CNN, we were talking about the Fetterman debate. F- CNN apparently thinks uh, Fetterman is uh, he's in fine. Sp- he- he's ready to go. Listen to this. Recovery hasn't released his full medical records yet. Is this enough to assuage critics? I think it is. I don't even think he needed the note, to be honest with you. Have you seen the guy is a political uh, athlete, one of the best ones I've ever seen. He's pure talent. He looks and sounds and acts like the state of Pennsylvania, similar to like a Tim Ryan, right? He is traveling all over the state of Pennsylvania and having, if rallies are a measurement of enthusiasm, like the former president used to measure, uh, this guy is holding rallies all over the, the state with huge numbers. He gave gave NBC the Today Show. I think he gave them 45 minutes. Oz gave them 15. This guy has showed that he's more than capable of doing the job. I mean, I was... Wow, Superman. Yeah. Uh, who who knew? Um, he must have been playing Clark Kent for the last uh, few months. 
Because <laughs> I haven't seen any. Because you haven't seen this, yeah. Um, well, we'll just have to wait and see tonight, won't we? But it, it certainly sounds, uh, you know, like CNN is convinced that he's he's ready to rock and roll. Uh, we'll see just uh, just how well he does, uh, and we will watch it. Um, 874-9390, toll-free number is 800-529-5572. Uh, you can also get me at GaryNolan.com. I was all set. Oh, I know what I was going to do. I, I had this. Uh, Robert Reich has decided uh, the Democrats should talk about inflation and that they should blame corporations for inflation. That he is, this idiot is convinced that corporations are responsible. He he talks about inflation being out of control, uh, and how this could have severe political consequences for Democrats in the midterms. Uh, two weeks away, Republicans focusing on inflation because voters see it as their biggest immediate problem, and it's easy to pin blame on the Democrats because they're in charge. Biden and the Democrats have provided no retort except to talk about their efforts to reduce drug prices. Why are Democrats so reluctant to blame inflation on one of its major causes? Corporations raising their prices faster than their costs in order to flatten their profit margins. Fatten their profit margins. You notice with the Democrats, it's never their fault. They're like uh, they're like a, a kid who who's uh, he, he's just it's always somebody else. The evidence of this is now all around us, says little Robert Reich. Uh, the companies who set prices are really reluctant to stop increasing them, according to Jenna Smiliak, uh, who writes for the uh, the Fed for the New York Times. She continues saying that corporations were actually pocketing quite a bit more profit off this, and they're still putting up prices very rapidly, even in the instances where their own costs are starting to fall. It's never the Democrats' fault. It's never the, the actual definition of too much money chasing too few goods. Forget the immutable laws of economics. If you're a progressive or a Democrat, you can ignore them. They just, they don't apply. You're never wrong. It is just, it's, it's incredible to think that this guy was in charge of the Labor Department. I actually debated him on minimum wage many years ago. Um... And I, and I thought he was an idiot then, and I still do. He said the Fed's hikes aren't working because they're based on an anachronistic idea that slowing consumer demand causes prices to fall or climb more slowly. That's anachronistic? I mean, that is an immutable law of economics. You, you, uh, you reduce the demand, then the prices fall. That's, that's why they have sales. Um, it, 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 but he doesn't, it, it apparently doesn't apply to the Democrats. It applies to everybody else in any other situation, but not to the Democrats. No, in their case, the inflation isn't all that money that was pumped into the system. No, no. Oh, absolutely not. It has no. nothing to do with it. It's the corporations. So apparently, 
every corporation in America that supplies anything from gasoline to cauliflower has decided that they're going to you know raise rates uh, you know raise prices at a time when the country is suffering just because they're suddenly greedy and the democrats have gone further than that gary they've actually formed a committee now to get to the bottom of who did all these lockdowns and vaccine mandates oh <laughs> i mean in order for that index for the consumer price index and and all of the other uh uh, uh, uh studies that they look at, i'm looking for just the right word uh, for all of the other uh studies that they look at about uh, prices in this country in order for that to indicate corporate greed every corporation has to be engaged in it and on top of that none of them are competing with each other so you know let's for instance uh, let's use as an example uh, the uh, oh the broccoli corp- corporations and uh, major farms that sell broccoli none of them is saying to themselves you know we could actually cut our prices because we've been cranking them up all this time and undercut the competition we may make less per stock but boy we'll sell a lot more stocks in the mind of robert rice that never happens no competitive corporations ever realize that they can out profit their opponent or their competition just by lowering the price <clears throat> no no they're steadfast nobody wants to get ahead they just want to screw the the little guy where did he get his economics degree, Sears? Unbelievable. All right. Uh, listen, uh, we're just about out of time. But, boy, Glenn Beck is going to have plenty of insight. Uh, show a show. So will uh, uh, Sean Hannity. You take show and Sean. I see what you did there, yeah. So and Sean, and you got show. Nice uh, job. It's a new word. You can use it if you want. Uh, but then Randy Tobler is going to be on. Uh, and I, I really love doc, uh, listening to Randy Tobler. And tomorrow morning, of course, uh, you got Brandon Rathard. I mean, it is just the big lineup. In the meantime, whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Yeah, I'm coming home.